0: Yo, it's time to break out to find China once again, just like we did for my man Ice-T. Once again, Ice-T, thank you. We don't do this often, but this is a special occasion. Um, I'm Avery Spears. Andy Steinberg. And one of the true, true kings of comedy, Latin comedy, and I don't know if he'll, he'll correct me. Cause I don't know if that's a, if he just wants me to relegate him to the to the, just that, but but uh, we'll get deeper into the, the Latino aspect of things in comedy. But he's uh he's truly an OG, very well respected OG, very loved. Been in the game since forever. Y'all show some love to the one and the only Paul Rodriguez. Yeah, Paul, what's up, baby? What's going on, Aris, How are you doing, sir?
2: Well, you know, I'm doing I'm doing it uh, I'm doing the same thing. I'm just doing it slower now. You know, it happens with age. You know, and it's a, uh, it uh, it catches up with you, and but I'm still having fun. You know, what I mean, uh, the craft is still important. The, the reason to get up in the morning is to entertain people, make people laugh. That, that was objective number one, and it still is. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I gotta I gotta real quick tell you how how me and Paul. I mean, obviously we know each other through the comedy circuit mm-hmm. and being at the Laugh Factory and uh, you know bumping elbows and stuff like that. But but Paul actually helping put some money in the nigga's pocket. Uh, He he, he called my manager because he's working on a film. uh, And and, uh, he hooked the director up and me up. And and now I'm getting a chance to work with him besides being on the stage. So I don't know, Paul, if we want to talk about that or give that away just yet or mention it. We could save it. Sure, sure. We could save it. Well, well, let's save it because I want to dive into you uh, more than anything. Um, uh, So, Andy, do you want to start?
1: No, whatever you want to do.
0: Okay, well, Paul, let me ask you because you mentioned Mm -hmm. – uh, you said you're doing everything slower now. Yeah, and I know when we were on set, you had mentioned, "Wow, uh, Johnny Witherspoon." Yeah, yeah, and and uh, both you and him have been doing it. Had been doing this a long time. Yeah. God yeah. rest his soul. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I remember, you know, coming up, seeing you, and 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 growing up on you. Mm. Uh, so I know you. How long you been in the game?
2: Well, I, I was. I got out. Of, I started uh, doing stand up. I would say the. The Summer of eighty one, you know 80, right. 81.
0: If you don't mind me asking, how old were you then?
2: Uh, I got out of the air force. Uh, I was, uh, mm, I was twenty seven. I was twenty eight. Yeah, wow. Twenty seven, twenty
1: eight. Were you dabbling in the air force though, in comedy? No,
2: no, yeah, actually I did. You know, it's really weird. They have a the air force has a thing called uh, tops and blue. Where they uh, have these auditions all over the bases, and if you make the Tops and Blue, you join a, a USO uh, a group and you travel the world. You know, you get out of your, uh, your, your, whatever your AFSC, whatever your job was, and you travel the world. And I was at Lackland Air Force Base, and my uh, commanding officer, my uh, was a lieutenant, and uh, he, uh, he and I were pretty good friends, which is really not allowed in the service. You know, uh, enlisted men and officers don't don't hang out, but uh, uh, we did, and he, he was a cool guy and. He, uh, he it came through his desk. He heard that they were going to have auditions there at the Lackland Air Force Base in Texas. And I was always very, you know, funny, cracking people up. And uh, he said, hey, why don't you do some stand-up? And uh, I don't know what stand-up was. He said, just go out there in five minutes and, you know, do, tell a couple of jokes. Um, but, uh, you know, I was a joke teller, so I went up there and uh, I talked about my uh, uh, the, the general of the base. His name was uh, Fisher, General uh, Jerome Fisher. He was a... Uh, one of the highest-ranking uh, um, highest uh, prisoners of war in Vietnam. He was a jet fighter pilot, and, you know, I used to uh, see him all the time, um, how he walked. He walked with a certain kind of Ricardo Montelvan kind of right. limp, you know. So I imitated him pretty good, n- not in front of him, and uh, the lieutenant would laugh and, and the other people would laugh, and I do not know what else to say, so I did that, you know. The, there were some people singing, and, so, and then they brought me up, and I talk about uh, uh, the, the general— all right, everybody. Uh, um, you know, attention, uh, officer on deck. You know, and then I'd come out and I'd make this limp, and they'd all laugh. Everybody knew what I was talking about, and I got big laughs. So I figured, man, I, I'm going to make the second round, and and um, I won. I won that 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 part, and then uh, I'm waiting to, to hear from them, and then I get orders to go to Iceland um, to perform. <laughs> no oh <laughs> to punishment
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: i was real funny. everybody laughed except the general you know and uh, uh i got orders to go to iceland keflavik iceland uh, i was in a radar site for a year and uh not not very good duty you know the, the joke was that there was a woman behind every tree but there ain't no trees in iceland you know? yeah. <laughs> so so uh, i learned my lessons well, that that cut my uh my comedy career, and I, I did my time, finished, and I got out of the Air Force and came back home and uh, was going to college at uh, Long Beach uh, State and um, trying to get a bachelor's degree in English. And, and my, my goal was to go on to law school. I figured I had a pretty good shot, you know, because I'm a minority, and my grades are pretty good, and I'm a veteran, so I, I had a pretty good shot at it. And um, I was uh, in my uh, second year, and uh, I took some acting classes. Um, a counselor suggested, because I wanted to be a trial lawyer, you know. And uh, he says, Well, take some acting classes because basically, what a lawyer does in front of 12 jurors is you act. You know, the real good lawyers, the Johnny Cochran's, the, 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 the top of the line, you know, they. They basically are convincing twelve people that that your guy, even though they got video of him stabbing somebody in the head, didn't do it. Couldn't possibly have done it.
0: But it never looks as sexy in real life <laughs> as it does on TV. Exactly. I, I always said, if, if, if being a cop uh, or a lawyer was as sexy as it is in it. real life as it is on TV, uh, which would I choose? <laughs> do I want to be NYPD blue or do I want to be LA law? Um, Jimmy Smith, <laughs> right? Right? Exactly. Exactly.
2: Yeah. And no, no, it isn't that that sexy. You know, uh, I've been uh, I've been I've had jury jury duty a couple times and. Uh, most of the cases are pretty graphic, you know, and, and uh, but I wanted to do that because you know I was I always had the ability to to talk, and I figured that, that there'd be a shot. You know, I I knew Cesar Chavez uh, since I was 12. My parents were migrant farm workers, uh, so I figured I'd I'd be the I'd be his hammer, his right hand man, and uh, you know, knowing the law and work on civil rights and trying to trying to better our situation here in America. But on my way over there, uh, uh, I was doing a a play and a casting director for Universal Studios, uh, went there to see another guy in the, in the play, and, and uh, she wasn't interested in him, and I got an audition to read for DC Cab, and uh, I went to read for Joel Schumacher, DC Cab, and, and I got the part, and so I, I put my studies on hold. And I still say to this day, had that movie bombed, if DC Cab would have been a total flop uh, uh, today I would have uh, probably had my face on all the buses here in Los Angeles you know, <laughs> you, know you know have you been injured on the job call the bilingual <laughs> lawyers of Paul Rodriguez and all that, you know right but uh, but the movie was a, a, a huge hit and I was uh, I, I was going to school I I forgot all about it I, you know the money was good they they, they offered me a, a I think a, I think I got about 80 grand and I paid all all my bills cuz I was working at a at a furniture store and going to college, it was pretty hard, you know. But with the eating grand grant, I, I paid off all my uh, my loans and I paid off everything. So all I had to do was just study, and there I am, you know, trying to concentrate because it it's very hard. A lot of a lot of uh, pages, a lot of reading, very boring. And uh, and it was getting, you know, the movie comes out, and it's a huge hit, and I was being uh, uh bothered all the time on campus. People come up to me, and goes, "Hey man, we saw DC Cab. There's a guy that looks just like you, sounds just like you. Ah. You know, and help with the ladies." Right. But when I said when I said uh. Well, it's me. They'd say, nah, it ain't you. What are you doing here? You know. And when I said, it isn't me, they'd go, it is you. It is you, right? <laughs> so I couldn't win, right? I was frustrated. So, so the, the, there I was, you know, being bothered all the time. My first uh, hint at uh, a little bit of fame. The movie faded a little bit. And I'm in the library. I'm, I'm researching something. And, and a guy named Barry Josephson, who later went on to become vice president of Columbia Pictures. He was Sandy Gallon's assistant skinny uh, guy he, he, he finds me in the library he goes hey are you Paul Rodriguez I go yeah yeah I'm Paul Rodriguez he goes uh, the guy from uh, the, the, the DC Cab right and I go no, look man I I ain't got time for no autograph I'm, I'm, I got a lot of reading to do and he said no I'm from Ray Stark's company uh, and uh we're doing a movie with Kevin Bacon, and I said, I don't know Kevin Bacon from, from Canadian Bacon. You know, I really wasn't into that. He goes, "You heard of Footloose? It was a big hit that summer." I said, "Yeah, I heard of Footloose." The guy, the, the him, he's he's doing a movie called Quicksilver, and uh, you know, we we'd like to have you come and read. And I said, "Well, you know, I just I'm not an actor." I said, "I just did that for the cash, and and and, and you know, I'm not interested." And uh, and then he said the magic words, you know, well, you, you know, I, I don't know what you're doing here, but you know. Chance, you you'd probably get three hundred, maybe four, four hundred thousand dollars, and I go, what? Mm. Four hundred? You really? became an
0: actor? <laughs> yeah, you know, my, yeah. Fam- my family's
2: living there in Compton, right? You know, uh, I can't help them that much. I don't. Um, the money went right away. I paid all my bills, like I said, and I'm living at home. and, and I said, and I don't 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 mess with, them. don't fuck with me. I said, you know, really for reals. He goes, yeah. So uh, I just left the books, I left everything, and I, I hopped in. And he had a, a a little red MG and. We hopped in from Long Beach and got on the 405 went down to a, um uh, the Burbank lot the, the lot there and went in there it was pretty cool you know sat there and, and they gave me this paper to read and I just read you know I just read it and the guy says uh, no no see the the thing we say read but uh, we want you to memorize this and and uh, then you're going to they have another person that reads for you I said all right so you know it was two pages of so, uh, is a guy named Hector, and I'm supposed to be a bicycle messenger and all that. So uh, I read it and thought nothing of it. And they said, "All right, we'll, we'll call you." And and I'm going. I'm way over here. I got to go back to class. Uh, so the guy said, "Well, I got something to do, so I'm stuck." I called my brother. He picks me up. I go. I go back. I was kind of pissed off too. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I missed all this. The guy was you not know, going to give me right back. But uh, I'm there two days later. I get a call. They said, "Look, uh, we we suck because they they videoed it and said we saw it. We'd like to, for you to read with Kevin Bacon." And I said, uh, uh, I said, you know, I'd, I'd like to meet the guy, you know, but um, I really don't have time. And it's it's it's, it's weird business. Areas like you must know, it's like it's like a pretty woman. The more they say no to you, yeah. the more right. they want you. You know, yeah,
0: it's like it's, it's like if you if you chase it, you can't get it. But when you say fuck it, then that's when it comes to you.
2: I guess I was I was too dumb or you in the business. I said, look, I'm I'm really I don't have time, man. I'm behind this and. I have to read every, everything over and over because I'm not that bright. And uh, the guy says, Kevin Bacon's flying in from New York, you know. And and I said, well, good for him, you know. I, I said, look, last time <laughs> you didn't even give me a ride back. And they said, no, we'll send a limo for you, a car for you, and everything. Everything's gonna be cool. We'll have lunch for you. And I said, all right, cool. So I went down there, and uh, I think they even gave me 50 bucks. You know, they said, we'll give you 50 bucks. And, right. and I said, well, fine, 50 bucks, fine, go down there. So I go down there, and I will walk in, and, and there's Kevin. and nice nice guy man i mean to this day i run into every once in a while i gotta tell you you know they have those six degrees six degrees of yeah, yeah. you know i guess i'm one degree very generous very nice guy i mean I, he could have you know this guy could have see that i i'm no actor i don't know anything about acting but he's very patient he's very cool and before we start reading he says listen uh, paul uh, all you have to be in this thing is, is a guy that uh, uh, you know he, he's a bicycle messenger and he's he has a dream. He wants to own a hot dog stand. That's all you need to know about this character. So talk to me like that. I play a guy who, who's a bicycle messenger, but I was actually a stockbroker and I had some problems. And uh, all you need to worry about is that you're asking me for financial advice. I said, cool. I don't know anything about the stock market, but he gave me this thing, and, and I didn't do such a good job. And then he goes, you're a little nervous. And I wasn't nervous. I was intimidated by him and all the people around there. When you read, you walk in, there's
0: a director producer. On- you're being judged. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
2: You know, to this day, I'm not good at readings because I, I suck at auditions. I read for Singleton, uh, John, John Singleton. Yeah, for the snow, uh, snowfall, uh, the one on Fox, and uh, I'm from Sinaloa. I have the perfect accent for for being the drug lord they wanted me to play, but uh, I did a lousy job. Even John said, "Relax, relax." <laughs> All these people. I did a lousy job. I didn't get it, so I don't. I'm blamed for it. But um, this one I did. Kevin was really cool. He goes, "I bet you can do it. You're just a little nervous, you know." He says, uh, "I'm gonna be in Malibu, and uh, you want to come over? We'll hang out." I said, "Well, I, I really like to hang out, just but I ain't got time." I told him my my situation. I was
0: behind. I, my, my jaws on the floor because usually minorities can't just keep telling white folks no. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, like I said, I but, love it, brother. <laughs> I love it.
2: You know, I mean, he's a nice guy, but after I got an argument, what was I gonna do? You know. Maybe if it would have been a you know a girl or something like that, but uh, he said, "No, really, I do believe it's down to you." And he mentioned some other guy. I think it was um, I think it, we're actually good friends, and we've talked about it before. Uh, he had done a movie with Sean Penn. God, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Latino, it'll come to me. But uh, this between me and him, you know, he's Puerto Rican, and and, and uh, I'm, I'm Mexican, and uh, the part was an ambiguous Latino there. So.
1: so, so this is all based on. This is all hanging on two Latinos in one moment in time pretty much Isai did, did, because-
2: like Morales thank you okay. yeah 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 Isai yeah, yeah, Morales yeah, yeah, yeah. you know he was
1: Richie and
0: La Bamba. yeah yeah
2: yeah very good actor and good friend and, and far better actor than I am uh, then and now and uh, we're we're sitting there and I said well I said I I, I don't know what to say but I, I really I can't hang out I, I gotta go back he says well I'm gonna be here all week uh, any one of these days you're free I said well you know Sunday um, Maybe after church or whatever, you know, I'll go down there. You know, I want to go see Malibu. I, I don't know. Right, right, right. I ain't never been to Malibu. I don't know nobody's uh, place over there. Went down to the to Breakers Hotel, I think it was. And uh, again, you know, he, he was very generous. And uh, I expected to read. I was trying to memorize that part. He goes, "Forget that. Forget that." He goes, "Let's just let's just talk." He goes, "Let's just talk like, you know, all acting is just pretending. You, know, you pretend I'm this guy. I pretend you're this guy. You know." And uh, he says, uh, is that, is, you talk normally like that? Can you have an accent? Do you want to have an accent? Uh, it, so he starts to tell me about the guy. You know, This guy is a, has a girlfriend who's uh, pregnant. And, um, you know, he's a bicycle messenger. But his dream is really telling this little hot dog, hot dog carton. And I said, oh, all right. So my, it just so happens that I, my uh, my girlfriend uh, was having a, a child, too. So I could relate with that, you know. Uh, my son, Paul, was, uh, was in the oven. So that that helped, and I started talking to him, and he said, I think you got it, man. I, I think you, you have it and all that. And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I said, I have to, you know. I said, I heard that, uh, how much did they get paid? He says, I don't negotiate. You, you, your agent will have to take care of that. as agent? I'm, I'm with Allstate, you know. <laughs> what <laughs> you you <talk> <laughs> You know, so, make a long story short, uh, you know, I think Isai, they wanted Isai, but Isai had a, another movie, thank God, or something else. or Or maybe they just said that to negotiate, but... I got the part, and I did the movie Quicksilver, and it had Louis Anderson, and it had uh, Lawrence Fisher, and Actually, had a, wow. had a small part. I, I
1: remember this movie.
2: Yeah, it was uh, Lawrence Fisher, a uh, great actor, had had a small part. He played the bad guy gets killed, and several other people that that went on to do other things. Guy from Ali McBeal, I forget his name, and and uh, I, I did this movie, and uh, I I went back to uh, to, to my school, uh, but but by then I, I had uh, it was very disruptive, and I couldn't catch it. So I figured I would catch the next semester. And a buddy of mine who passed away, Jesse Aragon, uh, he was a stand-up. He, he takes me down to the uh, to Mitzi, the comedy store. And, and, and then I, I go on stage, and then the bug hit. And after that, I didn't really worry about the movie. But about three weeks later, uh, you know, I, I um, got it, and we shot it in New York and, and San Francisco. And, and uh, it's, it's still to this day, the, the process of making movies is very boring. Long hours as you're learning, right, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, no, as I know, <laughs> as you know, but, yeah, yeah.
2: but but I'm talking about our particular project. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like they say, you get paid to wait, not act.
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's not glamorous at all. It's cold, and you're they give you a sandwich or whatever it is. But uh, uh, you know, the uh, there was a, a moment the movie came out and it was a hit
1: again. So you were reluctant throughout the whole thing. You never. This was not what you wanted at all.
2: It wasn't. It wasn't. You know. Uh, Even though you knew you were funny. Uh, the standup is, you know, like like I look at as the standups that I admire, you know, the, the Pryors, the Carlins, people like that. They uh, they did movies, but it really wasn't their thing. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Carlin did a couple of movies, but he was really you know, He was known for standup.
0: That's it. But so, but that that's interesting to me. When you say it wasn't their thing, what makes you say that?
2: Well, I, I think that if 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 it came down to between Eddie Murphy and let's say and, and Richard Pryor, who I, I I knew I knew Pryor well, I, I know Murphy not as well. Uh, I think Murphy's a far better actor than Pryor.
0: Okay, because the reason why I'm asking you is because when you say not their thing, I'm curious to know what your mindset is in that because I would say movies is Eddie Murphy's thing because he's good at it. He's, yeah. he's a good actor. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Richard Pryor, I never thought Richard was a bad actor, right. but I wondered why his movies were never as successful as Eddie or or his stand-up. Exactly. <laughs> well,
2: what i I'm, I'm, They're both geniuses and talented in their own way. Uh, what I'm saying is that uh, I think acting uh, came very natural to Eddie. I mean, he did characters and everything, you know, and, and his stand-up, of course, is great. But but he, he, he should do more. He, he, had, he didn't know all that much. Whereas Pryor uh, always looked at movies as as uh, something that he
1: did. But A byproduct this, of the comedy. But stand-up was yeah. his thing. Right. He,
2: he was that was that's what he lived for. That, right. that that's what he. Uh, we all are happy that he did. And uh, you know, so I. I uh, to this day although I've been in some 48 of them I, I don't really think there's any danger of me getting uh, nominated for anything you know other than I do it because it helps your your, your
1: the stand up sta- sell sell right? is that's tickets tickets.
2: but stand up is the reason you know so,
1: yeah. so is it the instant gratification of doing you know right I then and so. there and getting the laughter as opposed to like you said it's a grind you're waiting all day
2: I think so you know I mean they're they're gratifying if if you get a, a do good one. I've done a couple of good ones but uh, I still feel very intimidated. You know, I I was in a movie called uh, What was it? It was uh, the World's Fastest Indian. Pretty good movie. Uh, I still think it's one of my favorites with uh, with uh, Sir uh, Anthony uh, Hopkins. Uh-huh. You know, and I found myself acting with Anthony Hopkins, and I, I went, "Holy shit! What, what, am I, what am I doing with this man? You know, this this man right, is right. he's Anthony Hopkins. We're in this car. We're doing this thing." And and every once in a while, I, I was really, really intimidated. It was really hard for me to do that. And, and Anthony Hopkins is such a nice man. He he relaxed me. He goes, he goes, uh, I'm Anthony Hopkins. Because when I was talking to him like like a fan. I was going, wow, man, I saw you. You know, you, you, you know, God, you, know, Clarice. You know, and all these things <laughs> kept coming up to me. And he says, uh, that's not gonna work, son. It's not gonna help if you if you don't stop seeing me as a celeb and see me as as, as this old guy who's buying a car from you. And I said, well, it was really hard to do. And he said, Tell you what, I got this little, he says, I have this little uh, thing that I use with some actors to get them back into the, the, the thing of the, the, the scene, you know, roll up the windows here. And, uh, and he farts. <laughs> like, seriously farts? <laughs> I wouldn't do it on a podcast. Uh, seriously, the man, the, roll up the windows and he farts, you know, the, and and all of a sudden he wasn't uh, Anthony Hopkins he was just this nasty old guy who farted <laughs> and cool. rolled wow. up the window. you know the, wow I, I go you and, and the scene called for me to for us to have an argument right? and uh, it's a very crude way but I got to tell you I look at that scene in that movie and and uh, I start cussing him out I'm really pissed off. Mainly because uh, you know he he suckered me in. We're in this yeah. car, and he goes, "Come here, he <laughs> Come here. <laughs> roll, roll up the windows." Here. <laughs> yeah. the he the hotboxed car. you. Something that might right. b- bring uh, you know uh, bring me from my pedestal. <laughs> right, right,
1: right, right, right. That is, right. That's awesome.
0: That's why I don't look up to you because you <laughs> fart around. Us when We're doing the podcast now. I know what oh, it is. Man. So, so when you when you decide at what point did you go? Hey, man, I'm fully fledged into this now. This is my life.
2: Well, I did try to go back to school in between. In between, uh, uh, sucked, in didn't it? Between, yeah, it, you know, in between the, the money ran out. Uh, in between uh, Quicksilver and a DC Cab, uh, there was a lull, you know. And I'm not really getting spots. At the, you know, at the comedy store, I'm, I'm working. Uh, the Chitlin Circuit at the time. Right. I, remember, remember uh, what was her name? She had a she had a room here in, uh, in South Central uh, from uh,
0: Mavericks uh, Flat. Yeah, up where Robin Harris used to work. Robin out? Harris,
2: I, I met yes, him yes, I yes, yes, uh, yes. Uh, Marla, Marla, uh, Gibbs. yes, yes. Marla, Marla Gibbs. Yes, yes. Marla Gibbs, and uh, you know it, it was in a, it was a dicey part of town. You know, you, you make sure your car right. is locked. Yeah, 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 But the comics were solid. You know, they called it the, the Chitlin Circuit, and I, I've always been comfortable around African Americans. I grew up in Compton. I, I learned a lot about the, the swagger and, and the talk. I've been comfortable, so going to that neighborhood was like going home. So. You know, uh, I I learned a lot because, uh, as you know, uh, tough uh, audience, black audiences, they don't suffer no fools, you know.
0: (laughs) Do you think do you think Latin audiences are the same?
2: I think so. I think so. You know, you know, it's like uh, you go up there and you're not black or you're not Latino. That's one strike down. You you know, see, what a stand up does is you you stand in front of strangers and you're telling them uh, I'm worthy of your attention. It's basically what we're saying when you stand in front of any audience. You know, I merit being here. I deserve this microphone. You deserve to pay attention to me. If you pay attention to me, we're going to have a good time. You know, I did the Apollo and all that. But even to this day, uh, being even known of uh, 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 Chocolate Sundaes at the Laugh Factory, which, which I won a piece of, you know, that don't mean nothing to them. It doesn't mean nothing, you know. Right. Th- that will give you maybe, maybe 30 seconds of, of them looking at you and after that. You better have it. Niggas are rough, man. Niggas <laughs> are <laughs> rough. You, know, you better have it or, yeah. or else they're not, you know, they're not you know, you don't give a shit who you
0: are. I, you know, I, I tell Andy this all the time because he, he features on the road with me. And prior to him doing the road with me, uh, he didn't really do a lot of hardcore black rooms. And what I love about him and what I love about a lot of white comics that do black rooms mm-hmm. is when they don't have to pander to the black audience. Exactly. Just be yourself. Just do your stuff. Yeah. Just do your material mm-hmm. and don't try to sound black, Act yeah, exactly. black talk, yeah. black mm-hmm. cuz and unfortunately, black people we fall for that dumb shit. <laughs> we 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 all boy, that white boy. Look at that white boy. <laughs> we fall for that dumb shit. Um and his material gets him by cuz it's good material. Exactly. So, you know.
2: That, well that's something you learn from time. And it? it's something that you you, you can't just uh, I I was uh uh, I was guilty of that. I did, did a lot. I did uh, the Apollo, and I, I did well. I did well at the Apollo, and and uh, and I worked. Uh, I you know, and I'm say that I like it, but uh, a, a black audience, a Latino audience, uh, they will uh, they will teach you uh, things. That, you know, sometimes you can learn a lot from from failure more than than getting laughs. You know, but but you're absolutely right. You have to have the confidence in your material. You know, it's like an audience is a lot like a. If a dog senses that that you're you're afraid of them, yeah, they'll just bark and take advantage of you, you know. But but you have to have some amount of confidence, even if inside you're uh, you're shaky. You you have to uh, have that have, have material. Don't try don't try no stuff on them.
0: You know? let, let, let me say this, and I and I've said this on the podcast, and now that we have a a another comic and B, uh, a, 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 a comic of of color. On here, I -hmm. want to make sure I'm not crazy when I say this. Now, I'm not going to say any names, but Mm -hmm. I always felt like, obviously, black audiences are the tougher audience. Mm -hmm. And obviously, you know, we're in a business where, you know, listen, there's a racial line. Oh, absolutely. And these racial lines get played. Oh, yeah. So I feel like some of the names that are looked at in comedy, these big names, white names, Mm -hmm. that are considered great, you know, uh, pioneers or... or Titans of comedy, mm. they do that, but they do it with a white audience. Mm. How good can you really be if you've never done it in front of the hardest audience? But they don't have to. They don't have to perform and get a Latino audience's approval or a Black audience's approval. What's your thought on that? Like, 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 to, to, for them to be where they are, mm. they don't ever have to cross over. Sometimes yeah. we got to cross over mm. to get to their side. I
2: got a very interesting anecdote. Uh- Many years ago, Simbad and I did a uh, an after school special, and where he went to his school, and I went to I went to a, um, a Latino school, at Garfield in Los Angeles, and we Im- we invited uh, Robin Williams to come, and uh, you know, rest his soul. He was a nice man, he funny, but he died uh, in in front of the, this Latino crowd. And it wasn't that they didn't speak English. It wasn't that they didn't know who he was. It's just that I think he psyched himself out, like he was trying to, he was trying to pander and pick material to, to be liked, you know, and uh, it, 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 he died.
0: It, I, I thought you were gonna say he killed.
2: I've never seen. I'm, yeah, I know. I, I would like to say. Because I'm killed. like, yo, that's
0: Robin Williams. That's Robin
2: Williams. Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, and uh, it was so bad that he himself uh, paid for uh, the whole company to do it again you know, to do it again, and that, that was really surprising. I still think I might have a, a, a tape of that, uh, because it's, it's hard to believe. I've never saw him do that before. Uh, in fairness, it was very hot. Uh, the place was, they've been waiting there a long time.
1: It, it was uh, Did to, you do a
2: set? Yeah, I did. A did set. you kill? Yeah, I did. I okay, did. so that then that was a that kill. Had to,
1: but that, the, well, then the heat and all but that I had a lot it. easier. I, yeah, know. it had nothing to do with it. He didn't but connect. I, I think he psyched himself out, though, you know. And,
2: right. and uh, they they they. they they did, he did. He'd pay for everything. They did it again. Air conditioning, well, and he did well. He did well. But uh, I, I wouldn't presume to give him any advice. But I noticed that he was intimidated. You know, he was intimidated. And I go, man, you're Robin Williams. Huh? You know, not be intimidated. I love you already. And he did get a, a lot of applause and everything. And Then he, uh, he started to do something about uh, about uh, you know uh, if I remember, it's about um, uh, a library or a place that'll blow your mind. You know, uh, you know, you want to get high and this and that. It was it's kind of like preachy. And these teenagers went like, oh, you know we want more we want Zane's silliness yeah it just didn't work out the next time he did it uh, he, pre- pre- he was prepared he he, he got laughs, but uh, you're talking about Robin Williams This yeah. would melt the room you know yeah but but you're right i i I think I think it it is it, still nobody's immune from dying let's let's just say that but uh, i it's, it's, it's happened uh, it, it will continue to happen if you go up there and um, a, you're either too confident. Hey, I got this. You know, I'm I'm so and so. Hey, come on, you know, or uh, you go up there too too scared, uh, and uh, and and your material you don't you don't you don't have faith in it. You don't see it through. But uh, it's scary.
0: Do you still get nervous?
2: Oh, all the time. I think. Really? They, oh yeah. They they don't get nervous. Uh, you, you take it uh, take it for granted. You know? I don't get nervous for every gig. You know, right. I mean, if I'm gonna go ha ha's, or if I'm gonna down there just to work out some stuff, there are places where you work work some stuff. But I've said this before. When you go in Vegas and people are paying $30, 40 bucks to see you, you can't be practicing on them, you know. And I've actually seen I won't name it comics of, of, of note go up in front of these audiences with with a with a piece of paper, you know. They put it there on the piece of paper that. Uh, I I could never do that. I mean, if you're, you know, I would be pissed as an audience. I mean, I, I'm here to see you,
1: right? Not uh, workout material, yeah, right? Do,
2: do this bullshit at the. Uh, you know, it's Monday's... getting
1: very common now, though, to see people bring their paper on. Well, stage. yeah, because
2: they've seen people that uh, you know, you've seen the the Seinfelds and the people like that go up there and go just working out a few things when in reality they've already worked yeah. it out, you know. But uh, Vegas, Vegas, especially, is not a place where you're going to go out there and try some shit out. I mean, you, these people are paying some serious money; they have certain expectations. You have to meet those expectations. If
1: you don't, then you're robbing them. You know. Mm. And they've already been robbed enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's really okay. I, I have a few questions. Um, I, I have to give you a little history of me, so that some of this might make a little bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, my my mom's Mexican. My dad's was is Jewish. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I just I com- have a joke about that.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, migrant <Michael> stockbroker. <laughs> my, my, my father was half, half Mexican, Jewish. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> migrant <Michael no>. stockbrokers. <laughs>
1: well, but we get a lot of uh, interesting, and we talk very candidly about race, and mm-hmm. then yeah. and then comedy and everything. So that happens. But I was very curious because the reason I even said that there was uh, two Latin, Latinos going up for the same role that you have, mm. what the industry is has the Hollywood industry has never favored mm. Mexicans in general. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't think they have, but I, I, I'm not, I'm not discounting Hollywood for doing that because mm-hmm. there be the, I, I can see the demand no, I, situation, I, <laughs> but it worked in your favor at the time they were looking for someone of a, of a, of a, a yeah. Hispanic or. Well, yeah,
2: I do believe that. See, Hollywood always has the need, uh, has a certain category, for example, uh, they have a need of, of a Gary Coleman, a cute little black kid. You know, who, I don't know who that is at the moment, but I'm sure he's out there. Uh, they had their, you know, a cute little black kid, and you know, they had the uh, Freddie Prince, which is the guy that I admired. Uh, so it's almost like they don't, there's only room enough for this person, and I was the person for many years. so I got nothing to complain about. No, 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 no.
0: no, no, but, I, but, I it, but, no but it actually will bleed me not to cut you yeah, yeah, off, okay. but to bleed into what you just said. Mm-hmm. I, like, I just did the podcast of Michael Yo, comedian mm-hmm. Michael Yo, sure, sure. and we talked about the race thing in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And I said, Look, until the explosion of Def Jam in the mm-hmm. 90s, mm-hmm. you had one black dude per decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seemed like you had Red Fox in the 60s, Prior in the 70s, Eddie in the 80s, and then boom, Def Jam and Chris Rock come along in the mm-hmm. 90s. But it seems like on the racial totem pole, mm-hmm. obviously, top of the line is, you know, white folks. It's their industry, it's their mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Um, Blacks the pecking order next, mm-hmm. Latinos third. Now Indians and Asians, you put them where you want. But <laughs> it feels like for as long as Hollywood has been around, you can name you 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 can't you don't have enough fingers to to, to say hey there was this white show that white show you can go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. You can only have you you know I could name maybe ten black shows in this era, mm-hmm. ten stars in that era. Mm-hmm. But again, as we go further along the totem pole. Mm-hmm. Now we're starting to really, it's its its its, it's, it's slim Pickens. Mm-hmm. How many Latino uh, talk show hosts have there been? Mm-hmm. George Lopez is only one attempt. Mm-hmm. How many shows have you seen with Latins as leads or in dramas or in comedies or movies with kids driven by Latino kids? It gets, that list gets smaller and smaller you know, the I, more we go.
2: I had someone tell me, someone, an uh, uh, important, uh, very important uh, producer, president of Columbia. I've got to be good friends with John Peters. Uh, Peter Goobers, and uh, he had an insight years ago. He said that he believed that the problem, especially with Mexican-Americans, that it was because when this uh, executive goes home, it's uh, Socorro cleaning his home. It's uh, Javier doing Islam, It's uh, Paco doing this and that. And it's hard, it was hard for them. Because those are the people that got approved, the green light stuff. It's hard for them to visualize them in, in any in other roles. In other roles. He figured. And he's the president of Colombia. Uh, but i tell you, if especially with, with Hispanics all, all around, there are many, there are some, not many, but some that, that, that work consistently but their talent. But uh, I also believe that that we've regressed to a certain point because you know in the seventies not coming up. You, you had Chico and the Man, you had Ricardo Montelvan, you had the uh, the guy from uh, uh, even the Gomez, even the Adams family had a Gomez. Is what I'm trying to say, <laughs> you know. Uh, but now, uh, although there are more venues, more uh, you know, back when there was only the three main alphabets, it seemed like uh, you, you had uh, you had Wonder Woman uh, Hispanic. You had uh, there 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 are many shows that I can point to. Uh, more than than there are today, and I, that I don't understand. Well, okay, but here's here's well. First of
1: all, I wanted,
2: to and I to never this. really play the race card. I mean, I talk about being Mexican. I mean, I, I, that's what I talk about. I, I don't apologize for that, but I've I never want to uh, put out the idea that 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 uh, woe is me or victimized or or that no, or that no, Hollywood
1: not. owes us something. No, 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 no. no, of, no that's no. not where we're going with this oh, at okay. all. But it, what, I, what I was going to say is, but I, I was I'm, I'm speaking more to uh, the Hispanic community when I'm talking about this and how this works. Uh, because like you brought up Freddie Prince, yeah, yeah, man. When Freddie Prince, when Chico and the Man came out, my mom was so proud, like to see this like young, good looking. Uh, I love Freddie, but he was also Puerto Rican. He was Puerto Rican, Hungry-, Hungry-, yeah, Hungry. Yeah, and he didn't speak Spanish either. And right, so. but but to the to but to because there were so few so few Latins, the mm-hmm. Mexicans. He was a uh, novelty. Yeah, it was adopted for okay. a long
2: time. The most famous uh, Hispanic comedian was Jose Jimenez, Bill Dana. You know, when I told my dad that he was actually a Jewish guy, he was surprised because yeah. he used to see him on Sullivan. You know, Bill Dana. I am Jose Jimenez. Yes. You remember that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it is. Every time that I, I pitch shows, all the time, every time I pitch a, pitch a show, they go, "What are you guys talking about?" You know, you have Telemundo. You know, uh, there's a comedian who does a who does a, a bit that's really funny. He goes, "Those Asians are the." Least represented, he goes, uh, you know, you have, uh, with black people, you got, you got the BET, you got the NFL, the NBA, the, the, the you know, he goes on. He says, uh, with uh, with Latinos, you got uh, everything from Channel 34 all the way down to uh, Channel 80, you know, because there's so much of that. But what I'm talking about is, is in American television, the vast majority of Mexican Americans don't watch Telemundo, believe it or not. Our parents probably do. But we totally live American lives, and and every study they've taken, they show that that Hispanics will watch black shows religiously. They'll, they'll watch uh, they watch uh, black shows before they watch. Uh, we don't really we're not,
0: Everybody know a nigga want to be a nigga,
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're not watching Friends, you know? Right. We're not watching Friends. It, it, it doesn't appeal to us. It uh, th- doesn't say anything to us. Uh, uh, it doesn't relate. It doesn't relate. But but we will watch, uh, uh, you know, name the black show uh, Martin. Martin, very popular with right. r- Mexican-Americans. And, and, and as long as the demographic, as long as the ratings are there for that, there's really no urgency to put a... a uh, they've tried a couple of times and it hasn't worked I think I was the first one AK Pablo failed miserably I knew it then because uh, they didn't cast it right I think and uh, and, and then uh, you know George George had a successful yeah. one for five and then uh, Christella tried early I don't think she got a fair shake she, she should have got a that show could have had legs but but nowadays, the, the money it costs so much to put on a pilot. They don't even do pilots now. They, they do what they call a
0: pilot presentation, yeah,
2: yeah, or or or, or, a, or a reel of some kind. You yeah. know, it's very hard to get on. You
1: know, well, but but see, and you said something though that that, that uh, this is an ongoing theme in our podcast, so that's why I wanted mm-hmm. to bring this up. You said, uh, you know, that we live American lifestyles. If you're Hisp- yeah. a Hispanic, is an American because the, the Southwest. It was Mexico at one time? This is they. As the United States grew, they just melted in, and it's part of the fabric.
2: That knowledge in a nickel gets you a cup of coffee, you know. It really, the, it, when it's all said and done, television is run by advertisers. Coca-Cola is, is the boss, and then if you can't put uh, eyeballs on the TV, they're, they're really not interested. Uh, I believe you, I I but, pitched everybody. But do you,
0: do you really think it's just that? Because it, there obviously seems to be a very strong racial component to it when one, we don't get the same opportunities that they get. And two, when we do get the same, get those opportunities, they're often stereotypical.
2: It's true. Very true. But see, it's also, Hispanics are very, it's a very nebulous kind of a a, a term because not all are Mexican, Uh, you know, Cubans and Puerto Ricans are the three major uh, things, but but a lot of uh, Salvadorians, and we're very nationalistic, you know, uh, uh, Puerto Ricans really are not gonna relate with, with the Mexican show, and, and 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 Puerto Rican actors have played more parts for Mexicans than any other. And I know because I, I'm good friends with them. You know, but I, I, so it's it's really hard to find a show uh, like *Capasa uh, USA*, I think it was, or uh, or uh, um, the the George Lopez show. Uh, it's, it's hard to find a show that can get the ratings. See, you you just can't have a show that we're just Latinos watching. You have to have a show that that, that, that that whites and blacks watch too. It is very, very.
0: But a lot of the black shows, like Martin, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have the numbers demographically. But a lot of those shows, especially during the WB mm-hmm. uh, UPN era, when mm-hmm. when a, a lot of those networks starting out would uh, specifically and purposely mm-hmm. do black shows mm-hmm. to get the audience, and then once those shows reach a certain level or they start to mm-hmm. digress a little bit, then they cancel them. You know, it's 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 like they they well, use the black shows to get it, to bring in the audience, true. and then once they get what they need, it's bye bye.
2: True, I don't really know how it works. I don't think the Nielsen's are as important as it used to be. The the, the whole ballgame has changed. Um, the 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 internet has changed the the business altogether. You know, in reality, uh, your podcast, for example, uh, has the possibilities of reaching. Uh, a larger audience than let 's say a niche show so i think I think television's going to revert in my opinion to what it used to be it 'll be it 'll have one sponsor it will be westinghouse uh theater it 'll it 'll have one sponsor you know and uh it used to be uh the three networks if you were in one of the three look i was in a k pablo it got canceled with a twenty eight you know what a twenty eight would be now it 'd be huge right uh, but but it, it it needs to meet the, those demands you know and it 's very hard i i think the nut will be cracked. Eventually, because the numbers are, are, are too big, and and you know, but but it's it's, it's really hard. The days of a, of a Raymond getting getting you know th- that's the goal to, to get on a uh, everybody loves Raymond or, or a show like that, that that will make that person instant zillionaire. I think those 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 days are pretty much gone unless you can find you can stay on the air if you have a, a, a million two loyal viewers, which is a really small number compared to the, the to to what a. a, a even cancel shows had it back in the day. Days,
1: you know? yeah. Um, no, I. Yes, I'm. I'm I, I what you are saying because no one's doing these things for free. There's, there has to be money to be made. Oh, absolutely, yeah. it's still
2: it's still a, the business is it's soap. You know, you're selling something. You know, and um, I, I'm for example, I've worked in both mediums. I had a, I was I had a talk show in Spanish uh, that reached the uh, 13 countries uh, for uh, five years. I was on Univision, the largest one, but they didn't pay nothing. It paid nothing i actually uh, was losing money doing that show and uh, it was a successful show on univision but it got me a, a huge audience and i got to do stand-up in spanish in other countries you know I, I, still, I, I would go to bolivia or go some other place and get recognized but uh, that didn't pay the bills you still want to make it in your own uh, country you know in, in america and you know i'm not my my time for the most part you know i'm 64 i'm, I'm Hollywood's not looking for no leading sixty-four-year-old uh, dude. So, I've had my shot, and I'm not. I'm not uh, bitter about it. You know, I never saw myself as the alpha and omega of, of Latino comedy. You know, but uh, but I do believe that there's a. Uh, it'll happen, and I hope I'm alive to see it. You know, you guys, you guys like uh, uh, Sparsa, Felipe Sparsa, yeah. he, he crosses over, is successful on Netflix, and and you have uh, George himself. He's he's done well. Uh, he's traveling with a with a black and brown tour and he's, yeah. the, only, he's the only brown and that's successful so you know
0: uh, I other than Felipe George Gabriel Gabriel yeah do you feel like there's anybody out there in the Latino comedy landscape that we should know about
2: yeah this this guys that Barcena
0: Willie, do you
2: Willie Barcena is one uh, I would but Willie's put,
0: been around for a while brought, he? I said
2: Manny Maldonado is someone that that's that great is, he's just got natural exuberance I mean i I'm, I, uh, Alex Raimondo. Alex Raimondo was on the Latin Kings. I, I think Alex is also a, a talented guy, although these guys are, in my opinion, they're needlessly blue, too blue. You know, I told Alex several times, that we work together, you know, you, you open up with, uh, with, uh, so, uh, smelling your pussy joke—that's uh, gonna turn off mom. You know, I mean, I can't, I think still right. the, the money is the money is in trying to do, uh, trying to be appropriate to a certain to a certain audience. You know, there, there's an act for a nightclub and then there's an act uh, a crossover. You know,
0: right? Yeah. Let me ask you something. Um, during the whole Joe Rogan Carlos Mencia mm-hmm. thing, well, this is a two part question. One, what do you think about Carlos? Uh, and two, what do you think about that situation?
2: I'm a big fan of Carlos, you know. I I mean, I I put him in his first uh, commercial. I I did a rip-off of of Def Jam, and I put him as host, you know, uh, with HBO, uh, Local Slam. Right, I remember that. I remember that. And uh, I I, I produced it for him. I'm a big fan of his, but I've also told him this. You know, once you get the the notoriety of uh, of taking people's material, uh, it's pretty hard to outlive it. I've seen his act. He's powerful, very funny guy. We worked together. Um, uh, everything that he says, has he stolen that? I don't think so. Uh, but he has, uh, the reputation of doing that. And, and, uh, and he himself has said, you know,
0: I'll take your stuff. I'll make it better. That does not, that, that to me is where it was like, that,
2: that, that's where shit, that, you know, you gotta be good to, to the people around you. These are the people going to be running the, the business. You know, you can't just spit on somebody's face. And, and I, I even told him, as I said, look, if you're going to steal somebody's act, uh, make sure they're not as well known as Bill Cosby, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, well, you take a man, a Bill Cosby, through word for word, uh, you know that that's 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 gonna uh, really put a, a, a damper. Now, the average person out there in a nightclub, uh, you know, they don't really know, you know. Not, but the, the comics know.
0: The comics know, and here's the unfortunate thing: not only does the average person not know, they don't give a shit. They don't. They don't. They give a really a don't, they give, don't a give a shit. Right?
2: They don't. I don't think they do. I think they're there to be entertained, and I think that's what Carlos does. He does it very well. But so would you if you were able to uh, just uh, right. uh, take any one of uh, the uh, act and just do it like that. And do
0: you do you think? What do you do you think? Joe Rogan was wrong for what he did. I think uh, showing up at his show and getting on stage and making a scene.
2: I think what what I don't know what drove Joe uh, to do that, but uh, but I, I guess in a way you got you got to go on Joe's side because the guy somebody has to there's no way for you to to copyright your material you know stand-ups nowadays you can do your act in a club and by the time you get home it's on youtube you know so oh, yeah. uh, uh i think he, he could have found a, a a more private way to say it, but i think he wanted to publicly shame him and, and he did that and carlos might say whatever he's very brash about it and, and i'm sad to see a guy with this kind of talent fall into that i think there is a place for him but uh, uh you know still to do it publicly like, like that uh we comics we, we settle our own thing you know if i see you on stage and you see me and you can come up to me and go you know paula i do something similar to that are we something like that you know there are certain topics that that are just obvious for for a community but but i think it, that when when it's word for word uh, it, you know it's, it's pretty hard to defend that and i think what happened with joe is that he was just upset that uh that friends of his that the Carlos taking word for word
0: all right what but what happened was and this is where I kind of have a problem with Joe is it's like you know people will say, hey man you you literally Destroyed Carlos's career after that like you put him in a bad spot well yeah I've seen I've but seen, if you're gonna do that, do that also to Amy Schumer. you can't yeah. do your show and have a discussion with Hannibal Burris and go, oh, it's parallel thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you, yeah. what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You gonna destroy but he, Carlos. But he, it's not his you gotta job. You to destroy him. Well, yeah, if yeah, yours, but, but I, if it's not his job, then don't be your job with Carlos. It was don't his, do it. Don't do it. Period. It was his job because he was defending Ari. That was no, uh, it wasn't. It, Andy, you can't do that. Don't I, I, say it was his think, job, but it's not his job. It's not his job. It's not his job.
2: I think. I think what what happens is that uh, Carlos was a, a, a easy target. There was no repercussions. You 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 attack Jay, uh, Amy Schumer, even though you, we know you see it. It's true. It, it's a. Uh, you know, you might you might want to have her as a guest. I mean, the girl's blowing well, up. Or you whatever. might
0: want to be in her movie. You might exactly.
2: So those those, so those come on. Are, you know, it's yeah, like
0: yeah. Let, let, let's call a spade a spade. You if, might want if, to be in a Judd Apatow movie. Whatever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying if you're going to destroy Carlos, destroy Amy. If you're, you're not going to destroy Amy, then leave Carlos alone. But I don't think
1: that I don't. Do you really think that Joe went into it knowing that that was what the fallout was going to be? Completely, well, he I, didn't I,
0: give a damn what it was going to be.
2: Well, and it did because you know. Uh, uh, now he, he, Carlos has become the joke uh, Because uh, I've seen uh, I've seen uh, What's this cartoon on uh, uh, make, make fun of him uh, uh, I think uh, What is it uh, South Park South Park South uh, Park's right. make fun of him and, and he's kind of become famous In that way uh, right. But that's it, not how you want To be famous though No no it's not there's, there's, That's not And I told him and, and Carlos I know deep down inside It probably it, He's probably heard but I
1: think it, I think
2: He's heard because he, he But you know he, he, There's, a, there's a, a, a documentary Called uh, Comics Yes, where he admits it. Admits it. He goes, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you're listening, I'll take your stuff. Yeah, that that is. That I told even when he was doing that, I said, man, well, you know that is going to have bad repercussions. You know, but on the other hand, I think I think he'll always have a career working clubs. Whatever. Well, he's
1: a strong. I mean, he's
2: strong, man. Listen,
0: and for the record, I like Carlos. He's a nice guy. He's always been respectful. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. nice to me. But, um,
2: but then again, you know. Uh, uh, you know, he didn't attack him on lies. He he said, "Hey, man, you he caught him on these things," but uh, he he has paid a price, and he'll continue to pay a price because he's kind of blackballed, really. I mean, uh, it's I don't see uh, another. I don't see him getting another show, and also the show that he had, uh, "The Mind of Mencia," uh, the the thing that he did about the uh, the Christ and all that. That's Sam Kennison. I mean, every every I saw Ken, Sam Kennison do that.
0: Well, you know, it, it was funny. Uh... <laughs> When I was listening to, a, I guess it was a radio interview that Carlos had done, he had mentioned on the radio show that he did a skit about racial Olympics, and the radio hosts were all like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that's awesome, yeah, funny." But then when he left, they said they had already done that skit, yeah. and he took it from them. So <laughs> who knows where the trail begins and ends?
2: But it's gonna be very hard for for uh, for him to reinvent himself. I- I think there'll be a there'll be a career for him, and I, I, I I'm sad to see that because no one no one can deny that he is a talented guy.
1: He's a really strong performer. Yeah. I've totally I've watched I've never seen anybody put a show together the way that he does, and the amount of time that he can be up on stage, it, it, it's strong. But man. see that I, I had my
2: problems with him one time. I'll tell you what happened.
0: And I heard something about this. You know, I, I, I called him on it. I, called yeah, it. I said, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That's
2: that's just wrong. I don't know what you're trying to prove with me, Carlos. Right. We were in uh, we were in Sacramento. And, uh, the lineup was, uh, um, who is this, uh, Sheila E. And, uh, it was myself, it was other guys. And we did our, we, you know, we did our, our point, uh, right before he came, right before I came on, he went on for an hour or something, you know, it was ridiculous. I, I came really close to telling the promoter, give me my money. I'm going to my, this, you know, what are you trying to say? You know, the, and, uh, and, uh. I did, my, I did my thing, and, and I, talk, I called him on it. I said, listen, forget about me, you know. Uh, uh, Sheila E. here, she's going to go on at 1 o'clock in the morning because of you, and that's, that's bullshit. And that's, that's not, Sheila E. is not going to be talking well of you. And, and, and these things come yeah. with repercussions. And he does, he says, oh, man, I'm sorry, I forgot. You know how it is you're up on stage. You, and I, and look, I've been on stage before you were on stage. <laughs> you don't give me this, you forgot. You know, what he was trying to do is he's trying to, to, to hit every possible topic you know, by the time you get up there, you go, he's covered this, he's covered that. You know, and, and it, it's just it, it's it. I tra- Look, I traveled with Carlos and George and myself many years ago. We did the the Three Amigos tour. We we're we we're making bank, playing big audiences. George wasn't that well known. Carlos wasn't all that well known, but they were getting started, to be known. And we're playing. We played the, uh, the we played the arenas, big time. We did about four or five of these gigs, making big money. I got the movie Ali and I left it and 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 then but every day. Great job on that, Right. Boy. Great every job on that, brother. Freddie Pacheco. It, it, yeah. if, Holy it, shit. Okay. Every every day uh, we, we go up there. Carlos will go up there, and we we'll just uh, do his set a little longer, and then he'd spit on the microphone and throw it down.
0: Are you serious? I'm
2: serious, and that, that guy and, and it would piss George off. George was so right, rightfully so, and and it got to a point where I found myself just refereeing both of them, you know. And George was right. George hates, and I said, "Carlos, why? Why are you doing that?" He goes, "He goes because know, this guy, he's he's not funny." And I said, "Well, it's not for you to judge. Man, we're brothers. We're friends here. Just, you know." But he would, he would. You tell him not to do it. And he would do that. And I said, uh, well, I, "I don't know. We're not. We're not. Uh, we're not rappers. This is an East Coast, West Coast thing. You know. We're, you know what the hell is going on? We're comics and we're friends." But but uh, I think I think there's something about him that he. Uh, he he likes to instigate, you
0: know. And, I, and for me, what's was come down to me is I just simply don't don't work with him. Yeah? Would, would you but would, would you attribute that to youth? Like, cause you know when you and i and i have been He's guilty not a young of young man no
2: more. I mean, no, I'm not no more. But I mean, but back then,
0: like, cause when you're a young listen, man, and I I've told this story before, real quick. You know, I started doing stand up when I was fourteen. I did Def Comedy Jam when I was sixteen. Showtime at the Apollo when I was seventeen. Mm-hmm. When I first moved out here to L.A. and was doing a comedy store, I was barely 18. So I had this and, – and, you know, no one pulled my coattail and said, hey, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm learning as I go, mm-hmm. and I got a certain amount of naivete. So I'm just walking around with my chest out like I was mm-hmm. a cocky motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. And um, one time I was supposed to go on stage, and I guess Dom mm-hmm. was supposed to go mm-hmm. up, but he was late. So I was up after him, but then at the last second, as they're about to say me, Dom shows up. So now it's me and Dom standing shoulder to shoulder, mm-hmm. and I'm like, fuck that. I don't know who this motherfucker is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So come into the to sta- Aerie Spears. And I kind of, Dom. <laughs> now, looking back. It was wrong. What the fuck was I doing? But again, when you're young and you're I would like to say you-
2: that, but 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 he's doing it now. It is right. like, it's not like you know, he's done yeah. it over and over and over again. To the point where, uh, I mean, I I'll say it right now, I won't work with him. I won't. Right. I won't because because I don't need to. Right. Why? Why? Sh- what's this adversarial thing? You know, I mean, we're not the, we're not the competing. That way, and we both do our thing. I'm. I i do not need to follow you after an hour or so of your doing. When when the contract says, do your twenty minutes, do your thirty minutes. I'll do my thirty Then we go home, right? What? Why is the the animosity here? So, uh, if you piss me off, and it takes a lot to piss me off, because. I helped the man. He himself will say that. Right. You know, and I'm, we're friends. I'm friends. I, I see him. I say, hey, say, hello, what's happening? But I won't share a stage with him. I just don't need to. Because yeah. it wasn't once. It wasn't twice. It was like, it's like you know he's going to do that.
0: That spit on the mic shit is yeah. crazy. That's, yeah, it was Oh, my <laughs> God. It
2: was ridiculous. It's, it's, you know, I, was, I would tell him, like, why in the fuck are you going to do that? You know, it's going to piss him off. You're doing it for that reason. Oh, well, I won't do it next time. he do it again.
0: Wow. So <laughs>
1: Guys, that wraps up the first half of our interview with Paul Rodriguez. Stay tuned tomorrow for part two as we play Paul Rodriguez's interview on our bonus Thursday episode. Thanks for listening. Can you feel it, baby?